Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Gentlemen, I don't even know where to begin. But man, you know what? Listen, I've always been a win in advance. I will celebrate that. There's been a lot of heat directed towards Team USA, depending on when you watch that game, whether it was midnight, Pacific time. By the way, Hawaii, God bless you guys, 9 p.m. That that was a really good time. Uh, 3 a.m. in New York. But I've always been a win in advance kind of a person, and I celebrate little things in life. But Carly Lloyd... Uh, was not happy. And again, listen, Team USA is in position to do something. No other team in World Cup history, men or female, has done three straight World Cup championships. And at the end of the day, I go back to Team USA basketball. If you guys remember, they took a lot of flack at the beginning of their run. They didn't look great. But what did they do? They advanced, they figured it out, and they won gold. So, Armani Buckets, I'm going to start with you. I mean, I, not that I was surprised at what Carly Lloyd said. Not that I'm surprised that, by the way, what, what, what happens with this Team USA team, and I've heard this a lot from people, not just in the media, but people that are friends, people that um, I kind of talk to about, are you going to watch the game? This is a very... Um, polarizing team it shouldn't be in my view but again i think the way that they carry themselves maybe there's a little bit of politics involved i don't know but there's a lot happening here where i think a lot of uh people are taking pride in maybe um this this team struggles again they have uh, drawn the last two games they advanced with a zero zero or nil nil result and they have not looked very good, and they did not win their group. Uh, your thoughts on sort of the backlash or the heat that Team USA is taking right now? It's very well deserved. I mean, this is a team that is supposed to be a perennial powerhouse. And it, for those that didn't see the game, 0-0, 91st minute, Portugal with a chance to win it, and they hit the crossbar Um, I mean, we're very fortunate to even be advancing, and that's kind of what Carly Lloyd was saying. She said, you're lucky to not be going home right now. And then she also said, there's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing and smiling. Um, And I agree with that because, yes, Arash, they could go on and win the whole thing. And, you know, I still think that they probably will. But there's a t- <laughs> I don't know. There's a- I don't want to be the fun police, but no, there is a time and place here's for it. You almost lost. No, no, okay, that's fine, but they didn't. And, and why I kind of push back on what Carly Lloyd said, what they, when you advance past the group stage, that's all you want to do. So when you see teams in Major League Baseball celebrate when they make it to the postseason, again, you can knock this as well, and I've seen people do this. You didn't win the division. Yeah, but we played all this time to advance to the group stage. Now they're in the knockout phase. Now they're in the – there's no more draws. 
There's no more draws. We're in the knockout stage. So you you work all that time to get to this point. So if they want to celebrate with their families and friends, yes, they didn't look good. They, they, they were not dominant, but they advanced. I just want to say one more thing really quickly. Yeah. And I know this, this is a little great. bit on the ex- extreme side, <laughs> but I love the Kobe quote. And you know which one I'm talking about, Arash, in the press conference. You're up 2-0. You're not smiling. Can't get a smile out of you. Job's not finished. And that's Job's kind of, I know that's the extreme way, but that's kind of where I'm at. With yeah, it. job's not even close to being finished. The all-time yeah. greats are never, they never settle. They're never satisfied. And it's a gift and a curse. Like, I have that same mentality. I'm not obviously an all-time great athlete, but I have that same mentality in life where I rarely enjoy things. Like, I'm always looking for more and wanting more and trying to dominate certain things in life and be excellent at it. Like, that's just a mindset I got from Kobe growing up and Michael Jordan, guys like that, 5 a.m. work all that stuff like and the thing is with the team usa women it's not over um i wanted to bring up a point about argentina last in the men's world cup yeah they looked abysmal in the group stage and they came out into the round of 16 and they were a different team they kind of started to get going and they ended up winning it all so i wouldn't be surprised in fact team usa women should still be the favorite right like nothing's changed um but it is a little concerning, but again, perhaps uh, we'll see this brings the fire out of them and they're able to come out and kind of dominate the rest of the way. And this was a feel-out period. The perplexing thing about you bringing up that Kobe quote of it being 2-0 and series isn't over. No, this is like advancing in the first round. They advanced around. It wasn't in the middle of the game. Who are we to tell athletes that are in a sport where it is a four-year wait to do something in the middle of an era of this team where you have the veterans that have won before and the newcomers trying to come together with people that have never experienced that and whether you like it or not despite this country not investing in women's sports they still dominated and now they're starting to invest in it. And so is the rest of the world. So the competition is caught up much to Arash's point about the USA men's team and the rest of the world catching up. This is the universe we're in now. Hell, do you guys know the story of some of the, the, the women on the, the uh, Filipino team about how they essentially, because the U S was so good, these group of guys went on the internet went through Google, went through Facebook to look up these these players, these these female athletes to see if they were Filipino and see if they wanted to play for that country since they couldn't make it for the U.S. Like that's this in any shape or form, whether they're investing, whether they're doing crazy stories like that, like everything is getting better and the rest of the world wants to join in. So this is the new reality and good for Carly being the leader and being like, hey, Series eight, this is not, we're not done. Just you guys can remember yeah. that. I kind of think it's kind of uh, the, what'd you say? What'd you say, Armand? The fun police over here? Like, yeah. <laughs> bro, they advance. Like, chill out. This is, this is different than the professional sports that we're used to. When it comes to the Olympics, when it comes to the World Cup, we're talking about years of preparation, years of heartbreak if they had messed up their one opportunity in some cases when it comes to the Olympics or the World Cup. So I have no problem with some of the new people that are on that team that are getting to experience this, this dream that they have to get that type of accomplishment. That's like, that's what you do it for. Could could also be the opposite. They could have dominated through the group stage and then struggled in, you know, the round of 
16. I mean, similar to, I hate to do this to you, Adrian, but similar to the Cavaliers who looked elite all year and then the lights were brighter than expected. Like, that's what Allen said. I mean, they weren't ready. They had a young team. I hate to say it. I mean, you'd rather have, and that's just the first example I could say. I didn't want to go after you, Adrian, or your team, but you could have the opposite where you're dominant all year and then you suck in the postseason and lay a dud, you know? What does that have to do with the, anyway, we can keep going. It has to do, everything has to do. I mean, it's about perspective. They're in a better position than the Cavaliers. By the way, one of my uh, favorite Kobe memories, being in Denver in the locker room, and this was um, not in 2008, but this was in 2009. The previous year, they had lost to the Celtics in the finals, and they had a trophy presentation for the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> and Kobe wanted to have nothing to do with it. His arms were folded. He refused to put on the uh, conference championship shirt and hat, uh, and he wanted nothing to do with it. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with if you want to put on that conference championship shirt and have, and have a good time. I, I think there's a way to do both. At the end of the day, I think you guys are all right. They will be judged by how they do this moment forward. No one cares about the group stage. You have to win and advance, or in their case, draw and advance. And they have. And so, um, But this is the time of year that I really love. I mean, the problem with them not winning the group, by the way, guys, is their start times for these games are really rough. Uh, had they won the group stage, Fox had negotiated start times that which was which was which were more conducive to uh, folks in the United States watching them. They are now relegated to having once again, um, again, depending on where you live, a start time of midnight in uh, on the Pacific, uh, three a.m. back east. Just really rough. For you guys, again, I'm enthralled by the World Cup. I, I, I watch all the games. Uh, how invested are you guys? Uh, again, really difficult to, to dark times here. So um, how invested are you guys into these World Cup? I hope that they continue to have the success that they're having with some of the people that aren't the biggest fans of what they stand for. And what they yeah. stand for, in my opinion, is very American. So shout out to them, and I hope they continue to dominate. I don't yeah. care about how they're playing or blah, 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 blah. For what they stand for as people and as athletes, for women, for Americans, for people across the world, quite frankly. Um, so if that answers the question. Absolutely, yeah, no, and they're not going yeah. away. Yeah. Go for ahead, me, Rush. Uh, for, for me, it's, it's you know, 2 a.m. is really tough. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm going to be real. 2 a.m. is really tough. If it was the semifinals or the finals, I would be watching. Round of 16, round of 8, 2 a.m., I'll, you know, see if I can make it to midnight. And then, yeah, it's it's just it's a lot to ask for. And isn't the next game in the middle of the work week? Yeah, or that, what, exactly. What day was it, Arash? Do we know? Um, I, don't, I don't know if they've really, yeah, I mean, I think they have the schedule out, but I don't have it in front of me now. But I mean, you know, the, the bigger point that I was making is no matter what day of the week it is, it is a work day and it is at midnight on the, on up the, on the Pacific time zone and uh, 3 a.m. So no matter where you are, I mean, you have to adjust your it's, schedule. You have to try really hard to watch these games. Arash, it's Saturday at, uh, oh. well, Saturday going into Sunday at 2 a.m. Okay. Pacific. So oh, actually, that's what? very interesting. Hi. Everybody's going to be what? drunk and <laughs> you're out at the bars. Could the bars be hey, for- before? 
for me, for me, it could be the semifinals or the finals. I'm getting my sleep. I'm sorry, unless it's the NBA championship or the Super Bowl, like or the World Series, and that wouldn't be at 2 a.m. I know it sucks that it's a different schedule. It's just I don't have enough passion to go and watch other than the big three sports that I like. At and it's nothing against the women; like they're great. I'll watch the highlights yeah. and whatnot. It's just I need my sleep. Uh huh. You want to talk about? <laughs> you want to talk about passion? I'm very passionate about something, and, oh. and guys, first off, I want to apologize for not being here yesterday. Things in life happen. <laughs> um, but I'm here now, and you should always be following us at the Sporting Trib, and hell, why not me on Twitter at Adrian Radio 93? And I tweeted something in the afternoon as news came out that I believe the 30th golf restaurant in Las Vegas is now being built. Everyone's <laughs> coming after golf is... Top golf spot. Okay. Everyone's going after that. And then not only is it the 30th golf restaurant that's being built, there's also a few pickleball restaurants being built. And I could go into the reasons why pickleball is being like, is getting more popular now because certain people are starting to be really good at tennis and golf. And I'll kind of leave it at that. But I'm begging you. I'm begging someone. If there's someone who, who wants to run a restaurant and wants a cool, like a cool idea, just like the Connect Four base basketball game at Dave and Buster's, why not make a basketball restaurant? Why not make a baseball restaurant? Why do I live in Las Vegas and have 40 different top golf impersonation restaurants in this city? And I'm glad we got the exclusive again at Twitter. At the Sporting Trib, exclusive photos of this atomic golf that is being oh, built yeah. in the Strat. But I'm sick and tired of it always being golf, bro. Not everyone plays golf. There's other sports. Get a better gimmick. I'm sick of it. That's my <laughs> message. And vote for me. Adrian, I completely agree with this. And I think it would be a great idea. Actually, in uh, Wrigleyville, downtown Chicago, if you guys have not been, across from Wrigley Field is a bar called Sluggers where they have a batting cage upstairs. You go get some drinks in you, and then you go head upstairs. It's one of the biggest draws in Wrigleyville, and I don't know why more people don't adopt that concept. It is a little dangerous because, you know, you could step into the wrong batting cage. You have a 90-mile-per-hour fastball. <laughs> <laughs> a little blood sometimes. Yeah, it. Um, but I agree with, I like that idea. So the key with this concept is you have to have an activity that you can enjoy in between drinks. So a, the batting cage makes sense. You know, I go in there. Now, it has to be safe. Yeah, listen, I'm, uh, I'm having drinks. So um, I don't know, and this may not, not sound... Um, too manly, but maybe like kind of a t-ball or something. But you don't want to have something <laughs> all being pitched at you, like in between drinks. So that's one thing right there. With basketball, it would need to almost be like a papa shot concept. Again, you don't Can want I to have a one-on-one -on -one or a five-on-five -five or a three-on-three. -three. You're not trying to uh, sweat a lot. You're trying to do an activity, drink, activity, drink. So the reason, and I don't like pickleball. So Adrian, I'm with you on that. Uh, the amount of attention. An investment, the millions of dollars that have been invested in Sports Center for the love of God. No one knows anything about these teams in pickleball. Don't try to stuff this down our throats. We don't care about pickleball. We don't care about the teams. By the way, if you want to play it, God bless you, but we really don't need highlights of this. Uh, so that's that. Um, 
But again, you need activity where it can be activity, drink, activity, drink. Connect for yeah. basketball. You've been to Dave and there Buster's. There we go. You've seen it? Like You've that. seen the game, right? It's, yes. It's brilliant. Like I met Brandon. Connect for basketball. You're not pulling <laughs> up to our mind, Grant, with the bros on a Friday night. We're not doing that. A little TS. I'm down. TS. I'm down. I do. Remember, I'm a pretty low key guy. I mostly just like watch Netflix and, and like hang out on the weekends with my dogs and my family and my girlfriend. So like, I'm down to go out and play Connect Four, but I will not be uh, drinking or you know participating in other things. But I'll come out with the boys. I'll come out with the boys. One though. drink. Yo, Adrian. One yo, Adrian. Drink. So yo, so he's not lying. We were at Showback, a very popular. Um, Hole in the wall bar, but it's not just a hole in the wall bar. It's like it, it, it is world famous. It's it's it's, uh, it's in LA, so well knows. known, well known hole in the wall uh, bar. Anyway, so Brandon's there and no drinking, has a club sandwich, no bacon, almost defeats the purpose of the club sandwich, I think, at that point, but that's okay. Um, and very chill. My man is very correct. He does not get turned up. At my wedding, though, he promised. At my wedding next year, he did promise he'd, he'd get turned up and he would rap for me. So that is the only time that I expect for him to get turned up. I'm about to put you on the spot, though, because um, our new relationship and how our relationship has evolved, boss. <laughs> I haven't gotten an invite or haven't heard word about it. Sure, I don't no, think anybody's gotten an invite, bro. No, no one's got an invite, got, I don't no think. No one's got an invite, but you guys are all invited. <laughs> there is no official invite. We don't have a location yet, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, but let's go into the invitations, okay? Hey, yeah. Genie Bus, we know, might show up. We, we, get, we get it. We Genie get Bus will get invited. Rob Palenka will get him. Palenka? <laughs> oh, and I got to stay away from that. Let me tell you, the key to some of these invites are it doesn't matter if they sh- – well, it does matter. You you want to know a confirmation beforehand. But it, in, it, 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 it enhances everyone's experience. Imagine Brandon's face if Rob Palenka <laughs> is sitting next to him at the table. Imagine what that what that's gonna be like. Rob Palenka sitting next to Brandon. Imagine the three months after on this show if that happens. My goodness, it's gonna be great. Are we? Um, are, are you thinking about Dan Patrick? Um, Michael Wilbon? I what don't is, know. I don't know those guys as much. Jay Adande's a possibility. <laughs> Our one's former professor. <laughs> so we'll true. see. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. go down the list. Oh, that's like when you Freak. can add your when your teacher's like. I can't add you to Facebook until you graduate, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Whoever. Because he okay, this is this is intriguing. I'm I'm looking uh, Jay Donde. I'll give him a high five. I'll introduce myself. Good man. Oh, no. All right, all right, cool, cool. Well, a moment when me and Brandon meet that'll be spectacular as well. Hopefully, uh, well before this it's wedding. It's still surreal because like I, I yeah because again we've we've you guys have all met this way, but when you met Steve Carr for the first time, I was like, that's right. They, they've never. Met in person, so that's well, the way yes. we embraced. Oh, you could check wow. it out on YouTube, YouTube.com sporting trip, like you're watching right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are good things. Sparks, are, sparks, I, sparks will fly, sparks will fly when we meet, brother. I apologize, to, yeah, the guys. I apologize for the derailment. It's just these golf restaurants really took me down the dark path last night, and I was upset that I wasn't on the show. And then I see this crap, and I'm like, bro, enough with the golf, but yeah. I'm off my tangent now. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, so the Atomic Golf, we'll, we'll have an event there whenever they open up. They're uh, hoping to open up by November. Uh, again, really big TV. So w- whether you play golf or not, it's going to be a fun place to go watch sports. It'll be a fun place for us to have, you know, watch parties and, 
different events and uh maybe we can like record the show out there get the crew out to vegas oh. and uh, oh then yeah. i love this place actually let me let me well, we'll see this is going to be a great time with you and the bros. Well, because as you know, the north end of the strip has to try to get more love. So they're getting creative. Uh, we They've reached out to us. So we're going to listen. Well, there we go. <laughs> That'll be another remote that we'll do at some point. That's gonna I don't know if these guys are ready um, for that uh, remote location. Well, listen, no comment there. No comment I'm very there. interested in this remote location. No, no, no. Two for one on the main stage. All right, guys, let's leave it there uh, for today. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Listen, guys, I um, want to be excited about the, and it's not even the second half of the season for Major League Baseball, but I there's nothing like playoff baseball and you too can appreciate that more than most by the way you guys are the poster child for what the league would love to have young fans the majority of baseball fans read the box scores in the newspaper by the way adrian i don't know if you saw the las vegas review journal the latest newspaper to say we're going to do away with box scores no longer are we going to put box scores in the newspaper here's the problem with that the normal response to this is you could just find that, that online. You could just go online. The only people who are still subscribing to a print newspaper at that point are doing so because they don't want to go online, don't know how to go online, or refuse to go online. So you're really – I mean, this is the death of print newspapers. And, again, it's on its last leg. I'm but sorry. This is, I'm you're right. officially chopping – off the and again, I like the uh, tactile pleasure of at least a couple of times a week, perhaps on the weekend, uh, picking up a paper, looking at the box store. Yes, you could do it online. Of course, you could do it online. But again, the reason I bring that up: the majority of baseball fans, again, are older. Brandon Grant played at a very high level. They are younger. So, guys. Will we see big-time postseason baseball? Again, I, I think we are safe to say the Dodgers will make it into the postseason, but will they have a deep run? Uh, Grant, I will start with you there. Uh, yeah, you know, it, I think it's, it's, it's up to the players at this point, and, and much like it was last year, um, you know, they had everything they needed on paper, and they went into that postseason, you're playing your rival, the Padres, and you think, oh, well, we dominated them in, in series past, and we dominated them this year. 
but you know you come into it and they lose in the first round and that's not what you want to see this year obviously and last year's team in my opinion was a lot better on paper than this year's so this year that you know they're having this run you know they've acquired you know some guys to kind of help around the edges but you still have some question marks, right? And there's a lot of question marks for a lot of teams. But in terms of the Dodgers, look, you're kind of overperforming at this point. You've hit a skid a little bit. You lost two out of three to the Reds. Um, you haven't been looking good. You lost two out of three to the Blue Jays. So teams that are that are you know kind of competing with them, the Reds are going to be competing with them. You might see them in October. Um, and you know Toronto's a very formidable team. They just took two out of three against the Angels. So. For the Dodgers, if you want to, you know, be at that point to where you can say, okay, we got in, we're solid, you know, we, we kind of have the guys from last year and added around the edges, that's where you want to be. And I think them winning less this year is kind of a plus. And this is why is because last year they were 20 games up going into the, into the playoffs in the NLDS. Wow. They were skating, they were coasting. This year, you kind of got to grind a little bit. Guys are on, you know, right behind you. The Giants are right behind you. The Padres are getting it together. This is a team that you can't get complacent, you can't get comfortable, and you know guys are getting hurt now. JD Martinez is down, so you know going into this this down stretch, this this home stretch, you got to still play at the peak. And I I know that they they know that you know they know that going in you know from last year they were kind of up and down. Now you got to go into the playoffs with this edge, with this fight, with this fire, with this energy. And I think the the moves that they made will kind of reflect that. Yeah, Grant, those are all good points. I also wanted to add, you know. Pitching, they're going to have to pitch better down the stretch. I know they made some moves for some pitchers toward the deadline, and they're going to have to continue that. Their lineup is not going to be the problem. I think last year their lineup was so good for so long. This happens to every lineup. We saw it with the Braves against the Angels in the first game of the series where all of a sudden there's one game where they can't hit. And for the Dodgers, it was like five games in the playoffs at the worst time. But out of like, that's just bad luck. Like, they're going to hit. They're going to be prepared to hit in the postseason. It's going to be like, can you get Bobby Miller to become that ace, you know, in the postseason? Is Kershaw going to come back healthy and look the same? Like, is Urias ever going to pitch better? Walker Bueller yeah, might but that, that's a Yeah, it's a possibility, Some but point. I think it's more, more likely he comes back next season. But still, Arash, they've always been prepared for next season when they're going to have Walker Bueller, when they're going to have a lot of money to free agency to go after some guys. But I, I, I wouldn't doubt a postseason run for them. I just would right now take the Reds in a series against them, which sounds kind of crazy, and I would also take the Braves in a series against them. Look at that smile from Adrian Hernandez. <laughs> I'm ready for Adrian here. No, no, no. I, Grant, you look perplexed. We are in audio and video format. <laughs> That's right. Go ahead. Get back in the ring, buddy. Uh, I was going to say something about the Reds. I mean, the Reds, I don't know about if I'd have the Reds over the Dodgers in a series. Now, they did just beat them two out of three, so I can understand why Brandon said that. But if we're going in, like, like if we go game by game in, in an NLDS scenario, I'll take what the Dodgers have acquired and what they have on paper over the Reds. And obviously, look, I took the Dodgers over the Padres last year on paper, and look what happened. So... I understand by Brandon, but that's just kind of an outrageous statement to take a team that is a little bit over 500 and kind of overperforming against a team that's kind of solid in, in a lot of areas with superstars. And I know the Reds have Ellie De La Cruz, and he dominated the, the Dodgers over Joey the past Pablo weekend. Too, don't you forget so, it. 
I see kind of both ends, but it's just an outrageous statement in my I, opinion. See, this is this is why I don't think it's outrageous. Before Adrian goes, let me defend myself real quick, Adrian. <laughs> uh, they have arguably the best lineup. I mean, they can go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers in their lineup with their depth. I feel like you got Spencer Steer coming out. He has an 800 OPS. Seems like everybody in the lineup has an 800-plus OPS, except De La Cruz, who's honestly struggling more than everybody else in the lineup right now. He only had that outburst against the Dodgers that one game. And I look... They're they're pitching better. Like Williamson's starting to pitch better. Lively's starting to pitch better. Ashcraft's pitching better. Abbott is their ace as a rookie. They're going to get Ladello back toward the end of the year. Ladolo and Hunter Green. They haven't even had Hunter Green for this run. Just think about it. Like when you go toe-to-toe. And by the way, the thing that I think separates the Reds from the Dodgers, and I'm not saying the Dodgers have clubhouse issues because they don't. The Reds are like really like all on the same page. You have Votto as that veteran. You have the young guys all stepping in. They love each other. That clubhouse is maybe the most close-knit clubhouse in all of baseball this year. And that is why I think those intangibles push the Reds right now over the Dodgers. Now, again, just because what I've seen from the Dodgers in the past, now I know the Reds haven't made the playoffs, but the Dodgers choke almost every year in the playoffs at some point. And I hate to say it. I hope it's different. Maybe perhaps this is the year when no one expects it, that they do win a championship and they get there. But I'm just saying if a team gets hot like the Reds are right now and they stay hot, at the right time, I think there's a serious argument. I think they could beat them for sure. And Grant, one thing you're forgetting too is that this is a different era of the Reds, meaning that if you got to play in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow is going to be there in the suite with the Reds <laughs> and Jamar Chase, and that's just going to bring a different type of energy. A cool energy in the crowd of Cincinnati, Ohio has never happened. So that's a little X factor, but... The, the one thing that gets me excited is you guys just had a, a full-blown discussion going back and forth on if the Reds can beat the Dodgers, a small market team going up against the Goliaths. And I'm looking at the standings. Where are the Yankees and the Red Sox at the bottom? Who's in the wild card race right now? Let's go to the NL. You got Arizona, Miami, Milwaukee, firmly in the mix in between Philly and San Francisco. You got Baltimore in first place. Like, I'm looking at these. If, if the playoffs happen today, the only team that kind of doesn't get me excited is the fact that Minnesota is leading the Central. But you got the Texas Rangers, too, and they spend a lot of money. And to see these variety of teams um, and just see these small market teams finally getting a chance. And like there was 30,000 fans over the weekend for the Marlins series that they had. They don't get those fans. They never have wow. like in their history. So to see these markets kind of explode and fully support the Reds are another one. They're fully invested. Arizona is another one. These people are going to games. These are teams that have struggled with attendance and it's really cool to see. And that's what I love because it, pains me every time I turn on ESPN on Sunday night and it's Red Sox and Yankees. It pains me when you it's guys finally somebody said it. it, it no, no, but the, the, all these big market teams, remember, I'm not from LA like you guys, all right? I'm from small <laughs> market Cleveland. So to see these small market teams and see Baltimore and those fan bases be energized, it's just, it's, it's something cool and something and not expected. And at this point, I know we'll all let a rock go here in a second, but I wanted to bring up a few points lastly on this on this topic. First off, you'd have to pay me to watch the Yankees play baseball right now. They suck. <laughs> they, they should sell. They should have sold at the deadline. They don't. They never sell. That's the Yankees motto. But I wouldn't be surprised if they finished the season under 500, even with Aaron Judge back. Like, that's how bad they are. 
Um, and the second thing, the second thing I'll say, I know we're on in Vegas, we're on in LA, we're on in Hawaii. And why are we talking about the Reds? And I'll explain to you why. I think this is more what a rock said, baseball, all the numbers going up, the attendance going up, the fan base is becoming larger, especially with the younger crowd. A lot of that due to the pitch clock and younger talent like Ellie De La Cruz. And when we talk about the Reds, they're the next Astros, in my opinion. They're the team that tanked for years, tons of prospects, elite talent that is just going to find a way to stay in it and have that second big red machine type of dynasty in the National League Central over the next 10 years. But perhaps it's a little premature to say that because the Cardinals are still going to be good next year. I truly believe that. But I really think the Reds are, are that next Houston. Houston, people forget, they had the worst record of all time. 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And then it's how they got Altuve. The Dodgers traded him Jordan Alvarez for Josh Fields, right? And like, it, by the way, Dodgers have the worst. They, they have are a great organization. They have the worst trades by far of anybody in history. If we're just looking at the guys they've traded. Pedro, Pedro, all the way back to Pedro Martinez. And I love the they Dodgers are a great ones, organization. Though. They, they have had some good ones. They've had some good ones. I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm just saying right there. They got Mookie Betts but, via trade. Let's not forget. They did. Mookie they Betts, did. They Trey did. Turner, Max Scherzer, yeah. Manny Machado. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of good. Kind of good. That, just is, that is good. That is good. And I guess you could argue if you're getting all these guys, you're trading away all this elite talent. You're getting a lot of elite talent, too. Trust me. I'm not trying to disrespect the Dodgers. I'm just saying they helped the Astros turn into this this generational contender yeah. because of they gifted Jordan Alvarez for no reason. All right, speaking of generational talent, the, the Dodgers will do something next week that I'm so happy that they've decided to do. Much like the Los Angeles Lakers, they a long time ago decided they are only retiring the numbers of Hall of Fame players, which is a high bar, and it's a fair bar. There are some times, though, if you make your own rules, you can change your own rules, and I am so glad that they are going to change their own rules to do something that should, should have been done a long time ago. Next week... They will be retiring Fernando Valenzuela's jersey number. Again, they've never given it to another player, I do not believe, but they've never properly retired it along with the other Hall of Fame players. However, enough people have come out and said, what the heck are you guys doing? This is not a league-mandated league rule. This is a team rule. What Fernando Valenzuela meant to that organization to that franchise, Valens Fernando Mania. Now he's such a big part of the franchise as a play-by-play uh, -play man, color commentator. He's, a, he's in the press box the majority of the games. I am so glad that they have finally said, hey, listen, we, we know we have this rule in place. However, when it comes to Fernando, we're not going to dictate. Cooperstown will not dictate who we get to put and say, listen, the number 34 that Fernando wore will never be worn again. I'm so happy about that, guys. Yeah, I, I was just, I'll, I'll mention something really quick. I think it's an excellent, you know, thing that they did this because there's a difference between getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame and getting to your team's Hall of Fame, right? And I think that, you know, guys that get into the team's Hall of Fame should be recognized. You know, I don't care if you didn't have a lengthy, amazing, all-star-filled career. 
if you meant something to that organization and you meant something for even a small you know, part of their time, I think you should be in that Hall of Fame. And I'm so glad the Dodgers did this because Fernando Valenzuela was a little bit of, you know, he created that pathway for Hispanic players to come to the Dodgers and thrive, right? And, you know, Fernando Mania was sensational. But, you know, he helped them win a World Series. All these things that mean so much to, to the people and the fans around that time. And to landmark that and to make it a, a memory is, I think it's excellent for what they do. And I think a lot of teams should take, I don't know, you know, I can't really gauge who does that or who, who does what, but I think they should, you know, change that rule for every team. Like a Jeremy, you know, I'm not going to say yeah. Jeremy Lin because that was two weeks, but for guys that helped an organization over time, like, a, you know, the Giants run, those guys should be inducted into the team's Hall of Fame. I think it's great. Again, the Dodgers are one of the few franchises that 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 do this again. So I, I don't think of the, the majority of the teams out there, don't do this, but let me really quickly kind of just put into context what Fernando meant. Again, he just came in as a whirlwind his first year, but five-time um, All-Star, two-time World Series champion, Cy Young Award winner, Rookie of the Year, Gold Glove Award winner, two-time Silver Slugger Award, led the National League in wins, uh, led the entire Major League Baseball in strikeouts, um, and by the way, at the end of his career, in 1990, towards the end of his career, pitched a no-hitter. Again, the majority of the teams do uh, do a good job of, of uh, you know, doing, like, they retire the jersey of a player that meant a lot to them. The Dodgers and the Lakers have done this. What do you guys think of the Lakers? I've often heard this from a lot of Laker fans out there, you know, you know, if you were to like expand it, for example, and really do a, do something to highlight people who've meant a lot to that franchise, you're talking about Michael Cooper, Derek Fisher, Robert Ory, guys like that. The Lakers, however, have a standard of saying you have to make it into to the Hall of Fame. Brandon, first of all, on Fernando, but also would you want the Lakers to say, hey, listen, he's not a Hall of Famer, but look at what Michael Cooper, Derek Fisher, those guys have done. Yeah, I think it's important. Um, I mean, we saw it uh, a few days ago when Randall Grichuk was traded to the Angels and is wearing Tim Salmon's number. Like, I felt like that was kind of like, well, Tim Salmon's number should have been retired. He won a World yeah. Series there. He's one of the best Angels ever. Like, Mike Trout's 27 will be retired and Shohei Otani's 17. You know, like, regardless of if Shohei goes elsewhere in the offseason, his number's retired following you know in a few years anyways just because of what he did and what he accomplished as two of the best seasons ever so yeah i, I do think that it, there are there's times where it warrants that and you made a good point arash not like jeremy lynn where it's four games even though it'll be remembered forever but venice valenzuela yeah Val valenzuela what was i saying uh fernando yes of course and other guys like cooper ori if you look at Perhaps the Spurs even with with guys like that. What what about Boris Diaw? Boris Diaw, yeah, or someone yeah. like that. Like, does he get retired <laughs> his number right? Because no, you just think about role yeah. players that win you championships. Like Bruce Brown. Could no, be like, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, okay. Calm down. Okay, okay. Porter Jr. Though, if he ends up having a good career, you know. It's, okay. I mean, it's, to Grant's point, like you can't really measure someone's impact. Um, I think a lot of different variables matter. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go to the Cavs. Adrian Ogalskis, he's Ooh. not going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he was there for so long. And I think it matters if someone has been a part of a team from the dumps to the heights. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because there's also a debate. We, we'll, I'll stick with the Cavs, like Tristan Thompson. 
Should he be should he be someone that gets his jersey retired for the Cavs? I would honestly say yeah, but I was born in that era. <laughs> Others would disagree. I mean, why not? He made Lakers five- legend. He's what yeah, Lakers, Lakers legend. Bring him back. But it's 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 goes to that thing of well, how big of an impact did he make? You know what I'm saying? Like it's like the rally monkey. Why not the rally monkey? That should be in the Hall of Angels. You know, <laughs> that was captivated. Like there's there's moments, there's commentators, there's people part of a broadcast. Yeah. Like, there's all these things, like all these different scenarios. And if that impact warranted it enough, more than just being a good role player or being a good player, because it gets a little weird because it's like it's not the Hall of Very Good. It's yeah. a Hall of Fame or a team hall. So it all it, it's it every scenario is different. I'll leave it yeah. at that. Yes, but the, also the reason why I say not Tristan Thompson and yes on Boris Diaw is Boris Diaw has multiple championships, right? Like, I mean, I know that Cleveland championship was so important, so there's certainly an argument, but argument that's weird. what I was saying about it. That argument gets really weird with role players, though, so I would stay away from that because yeah, – I would agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, Tristan's I'm sorry he didn't play with Tim Duncan manager Ginobili, Tony Parker. <laughs> <laughs> played with LeBron, though. He had LeBron, Timothy Mozgov, and, and uh, David Blatt. So, you hey, know shout, out, shout out Elkowskis, by the way. Does he get a statue? Um, <laughs> well, it's weird because people, he's like very beloved. I don't really like, he went to go play with Miami for a couple weeks. He was solid for that team that went to the finals when LeBron was young and throughout, throughout his career. Anyway. Here's the thing. The most myopic when it comes to this, or I have to f- often explain this, and I hate to say this, it's Lakers fans. So when, and it just kills me to say it, I said the moment Powell retires, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to get his jersey retired. The number of fans who said, whoa, 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 if you're going to retire Powell's, you got to retire Michael Cooper's, Kurt Rambis. I'm like, Bro, let me know when those guys get into the Hall of Fame. Let me know when that happens. And I'm telling you right now, and Jeannie Buzz confirmed this, LeBron's getting his number retired. He's getting 23 retired. Why? Because he was on the Lakers, led them to a championship. You can talk about what you want about the bubble in Florida. He led them to a championship. He was the, f- f- he was the final most valuable player. He's getting his jersey retired. And again, he's been there for five years, going on six years. It's not like he was just there for one year. So the fact that I have to constantly explain to my beloved Laker fans. They don't know ball. That's all right. That's what you have to do. Difference, there's a difference between Powell and LeBron being Hall of Famers and, God bless them, but Kurt Rambis and Michael Cooper and Derek Fisher and Robert Ory, those guys are not Hall of Famers. Therefore, ipso facto, they don't get their jersey number retired. All right, guys. I, ha- I hated to close the show by shading some of my beloved brethren, <laughs> Laker fans, but I always have to explain to I them. love it. There's a difference between Cooper and LeBron. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.